This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hello and welcome to the Truth From the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 35. Today, we're kicking off our first DIY report where we talk to public land and small parcel hunters from across the country, giving you the first-hand information of what's happening in your deer woods. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth from the Stand Deer Hunting Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and today we're doing something a little bit different. Um, there was a while ago, I guess this winter, I was talking to a couple buddies that we had on the show here and started kicking around the idea of sharing information during the course of the year that would be specific to, you know, folks who are hunting public lands and who are hunting small parcels. You know, there's, I I don't think there's any shortage of information out there for folks who are, um, you know, writing articles and and magazines that are probably a little bit more focused toward, um, hunts that maybe you and I aren't, um, as, as, um, familiar with whenever it comes to, you know, non-pressured or, 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 or properties that are set up and, and, and manicured to, to provide, you know, the best case scenario is for shot opportunities. So that's not the reality that I live in. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of you out there, it's not the reality that you live in either. So started thinking about, you know, the possibility of bringing on guys who are kind of skilled in the, in the areas of public land and small parcel hunting and, and allowing them from different parts of the country, mind you, that, and allow them to kind of give you firsthand information from what they're seeing uh, with their boots on the ground. And these are guys who are able to get in the timber quite a bit. You know, the hope is, is really that, you know, during the course of an episode when you're listening, if you're planning to go out and hunt on a Saturday, um, that if you pick up and you listen to a podcast or you listen to this show during the course of that week, and we have a guest on who's from your region or close to your region, you can probably get a sense if food sources are changing, if the, you know, the deer have been dispersed or the bucks have dispersed, or they still bastard up for this time of year, which, you know, I think we're seeing some bastard 
password group still kind of holding true, um, then hopefully, you know, it might change your mind or possibly on a stand location or a property you were going to hunt based on the information we're able to get to you. So it's really about trying to get you real time information um, as often as we possibly can to help you kind of pick and choose where, when, and what type of hunt you want to put on whenever you do get those precious moments off to uh, to hit the timber. Uh, the other thing that's a little bit different about this episode is that um, it's going to be a lot shorter in nature. So we're really going to try to keep it short and to the point and just give you the information uh, as, as, as forward and as uh, quickly and succinctly as we possibly can. So that's really the goal. But in the spirit of this being the first podcast uh, for the DIY report, I figured we would do a giveaway. Um, So during this episode, we'll give away a Truth From The Stand deer hunting hat. And all you need to do is listen to this episode, of course, uh, like it on Facebook, and give us a five-star rating on iTunes. You do those two things, you will put your name in the drawing to win a Truth From The Stand deer hunting podcast hat. And I will reach out to you via social media to get all your contact info to ship it out to you. So without further ado, we won't belabor this uh, up front any longer. We'll get right to the good stuff. And uh, first up, we'll talk to Curtis Zabel of Behind the Bow, representing Wisconsin and public land. All right, our first report is coming from Curtis Zabel from Behind the Bow. You guys have heard Curtis on the show before. Glad to have him back on. How's it going, man? Pretty good. Just uh, headed back from the woods right now and uh, got the call from you. So Nice. Cool, man. Uh, anything Anything good happening in the woods today? Uh, tonight we've seen, I think it was four does. And, uh, we're actually right now we're hunting a particular buck. I'm hunting a particular buck and we're kind of sitting just a bunch of kind of stupid overlooked spots, spots that I wouldn't even want to hunt, but we've been getting pictures of this buck. So, I mean, we've been kind of trying to pinpoint where he's bedding and we can't really get a grasp on it yet. But I think if he stays where he's at right now, judging by the pictures, because you're getting pictures on like four in the morning. So judging by the pictures, if he stares where he's at and the pressure doesn't hit real hard, I'm thinking we're going to be able to meet up with him sooner or later. But it's definitely one of the biggest whitetails I've ever hunted. So that's kind of keeping me from hunting all my other all my other spots right now that I have scouted out. I So far this year, I haven't even hunted like a scouted set like a bud hunt or anything because i've been after this guy oh man if you got a if you got a, a a looker that you're that you're after that you got a little intel on or you have a have a chance that i can't fault you for uh for for diving into some uncharted territory that's for sure right and it's just like i don't know the area he's in it gives it's like man you just, I just need some time to figure him out, and I think we're going to be able to figure him out as long as he stays put. You know what I mean? Right. So, 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 you know, Curtis is coming to us from Wisconsin. Here, did you get? Uh, I'm assuming you guys got some of the nice, you know, cold front weather that came through this week. Did that? Do you think that helped you out at all this weekend? Did you get a little bit of that while you were in the timber? Well, this weekend, kind of, we got kind of screwed over because well, Friday, Friday night. Um, Definitely the deer were moving a lot earlier. So, I mean, Friday, it, I think it rolled in on Thursday night, the cold front did. So, actually on Wednesday, but then it got a little cooler on Friday night. And 
Saturday night. But, uh, yeah, Friday, I mean, the deer were up on their feet. Um, and then Saturday, I had to film my stepsister's wedding, so I didn't even go hunting on Saturday. But then today, we then we went out, and we've seen some pretty good early movement today, too. Right, nice. Yeah, I can definitely attest to the... The cold front helping some deer get up on their up on their feet. I think for PA, I think it timed out to where Saturday. You know, as our opener was on Saturday, kind of that was the, the the better of the days. It was kind of the backside of that cold front where the morning was kind of overcast, and then you know high pressure pushed out all the the front, and we had some nice bluebird skies. But you were you were mentioning pressure there for a second. You know, if you don't get any pressure on this deer, you feel like you can figure them out. How's the pressure in the in the timber bend? You know, because you know I know you're hunting public land, so have you seen? Have you seen a lot of trucks parked? Have you seen any guys? What's the story there? Um, honestly, I don't. I haven't seen too much pressure. I mean, you see, you know, the guy here and there parked on the side of the road, but it hasn't been at least where I'm hunting right now. It hasn't been anything too serious. Mm-hmm. So even like opening day, I mean, we we were kind of opening weekend. We we're kind of just observing parking lots and stuff because we have had to. The first two weeks are pretty crappy weather, like super hot, and we didn't want to, you know, go right into it. We kind of wanted to figure it out and see what everyone else is doing first and stuff like that. So, right. But I mean, we have, we were observing some parking lots, and there was, you know, a couple trucks here and there, but nothing, nothing too bad at all. Now, do you do you? Uh, I mean, I know that you pay attention to this stuff, but you, are you seeing some decent? Uh, food in the timber as far as like a good acorn year this year have you noticed farmers kind of pulling their crops out around where you're where you're hunting at this point right now they're really going to start um taking off the corn and the beans i've been seeing a lot of cornfields like half caught already Mm -hmm. but as far as acorns go they were really dropping like hard the first week of bowl season and then they kind of you know died off a little bit Mm -hmm. the last couple weeks but there's been a lot of acorns where I'm hunting this year. Yeah, I can say the same. It's uh, it seems like at least where I've been thus far, and from what I've just heard anecdotally from some other guys, it seems like overall it's going to be a pretty good acorn year, which uh, you know means find, find the oak trees, I guess, for uh, for for October for the most part. But you know, are you noticing? You know, if you're if you're seeing bucks, I'm not sure if you've you know got into you know groups of bucks yet at the, at this point in the amount of times you've been out in the timber, but. Um, if you have, are you noticing, are they still kind of grouped up or are they starting to split apart or what's the story there? Um, I honestly, all we've seen so far this year is does besides on opening night, we saw a little six pointer, but so I can't really, I can't really tell you anything much on that. Right. Yeah. I know I saw a few that were, that were grouped and that might've hurt me this past, uh, this past hunt. But, uh, you know, I'm hoping that they start to split up their little, Sometimes could be a little. My, What's that? On my trail cameras, um, I've been noticing that they're definitely. They were like the first, you know, like a week before season. I was still getting like two bucks in, you know, two two bucks together at one time on trail camera out of velvet. But then, you know, now all, every buck that I've gotten on trail camera has been coming in alone or with those. Hmm. Interesting. So as far as, you know, I know that you're kind of after this one deer at this point here. 
Um, are, are there any particular strategies, you know, based on what you're seeing with like some of the, the ag being taken down and that being a good acorn year and that, you, you know, at this point, it sounds as though you're not really encountering a lot of pressure at this point, you know, that, that may change as the season kind of wears on, but anything in the near future here in the next couple of weeks that you plan to really kind of employ as far as a tactic or, you know, uh, uh, terrain features that you're going to look to kind of set or anything that you could, uh, kind of share, get inside of the brain of Curtis Zobel. Right now. I am just focused on getting a general direction on this this buck. Like I have, there's multiple areas where he could be bedding just by the pictures that I have. So uh, right now, I think I'm going to be focusing on trying to get a little better direction. And it's weird because I've only I only get them on this one camera, and I have multiple cameras out within you know two three hundred yards of that camera sometimes and I never get them on those cameras and it's kind of, I don't know, it's really confusing me but um, definitely I think he's, the, the one I'm after I think is definitely in this some stupid overlooked spot that that I mean just the terrain around is just all you want, if you look at it on a map you wouldn't even want to hunt it, it's all <laughs> little egg fields and stuff so right. I don't know, I mean Possibly could be betting and corn. I'm not even sure, but I'm going to definitely try to get a, you know, a general direction on them. And then in the meantime, while I'm pointing around all these cameras, um, I'm just probably just going to, you know, go and go with my gut and try to eliminate, you know, betting areas. Right. Just kind of keep tightening tighten the tightening the circle on them until you kind of start to figure out where you might have a better shot at him to get to dive in. Right. Nice. All right, man. Well, hey, dude, I appreciate you hopping on and giving me some uh, some insight into what's shaking in Wisconsin. We'll get a hold of you here later in the season and uh, have you back on. Sounds good, man. Thanks a lot. All right, folks, we are joined now for this next report coming from Michigan by Jake Elinger of uh, Habitat Solutions and Whitetail Properties. How you doing, my friend? Long time no speak. Hey, yeah, I'm doing great, uh, Clint. I really am. Uh, it is finally... Uh, first week of October and this is what we all wait for right that's right man it's, we circle it on the calendar that's for sure and everything kind of uh, all the work and preparation that you do is leading up to this so I wanted to just kind of hit you up with a couple questions man and see what's going on in in in, in Michigan you know I know of course the season's yeah. open and everyone's kind of cranking and getting ready to go and I know here in PA we had a cold front roll through this weekend and deer were definitely on their feet so just you know what have, what have you heard in your area of Michigan the cold front kind of come through and do it uh, do what we all expected it to do Yes, it did. You know, um, we had, a, you know, a, a major drop in temperatures of excess of 20 to 25 degrees. Uh, winds switched out of the northwest, uh, followed by some high pressure. And uh, deer were on their feet mornings and evenings, uh, basically uh, throughout the weekend. And yeah. our, our opening uh, wasn't uh, until uh, yesterday, uh, October 1st. But uh, guys that are cruising the roads, including myself, where I'm driving and then just looking out the windows, and I've got some observation towers in my house <laughs> to look out and uh, to see the doe groups and the bucks coming out and feeding. And then, uh, you know, also I, I, my camera polls all told me that the bucks were definitely moving uh, over this weekend. And uh, there's been some good good deer were killed uh, yesterday as well so yeah i definitely yeah. saw i definitely saw some uh, instagram and facebook pictures of some folks that uh that definitely dropped some 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 good looking deer so they definitely were on their feet what a 
You know, I think one of the nice things about this time of year, I think it's, it, it's uh, you know, maybe six and one, half dozen the other. I think in some areas you don't get a whole lot of pressure, and I think in some areas when the opener hits, you get a ton of pressure. So what's uh, as far as Michigan goes, what do you, what's the uh, the take there? Is it the, the timber getting hammered pretty hard, or is it not so bad yet? Um, you know, I'd say uh, uh, that's a tough one to answer. Generally, it gets hit pretty hard. A lot of people uh, look forward to uh uh you know uh, the opening weekend and now it'll kind of uh, it'll kind of drop off a little bit you mm-hmm. know they hit the first couple of days and uh, there was a youth hunt there a weekend before last a little bit of pressure there that that involved uh, firearms and archery okay. uh, but uh but you know the deer are uh they've got lots of cover and lots of food uh even though we're going through a uh, really nasty drought in this part tonight. And I don't know if your part of uh, PA has that too, but we have not seen uh, three quarters of an inch of rain since late June. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We've been, we've been and, fortunate. Uh, we had a, we had a relatively wet summer until here just a little later in the year. It did dry up a little bit. I uh, rated, <laughs> you know, unfortunately right about the times I try to put my, uh, my fall food plots in is when about the rain. As soon as you rain. try and plant a food plot, right? <laughs> yeah. That's about the time the rain <laughs> shut off. But, uh, oh, man. <laughs> but uh, speaking of food sources, what are you seeing uh, in Michigan? You know, is it, is it looking like it's going to be a good acorn year of the crops? The farmers started pulling it, their crops out yet? You know, uh, I'll tell you what, it's been a great, acorn year everywhere i go there's a lot of acorns on the ground i think there's a bit of an earlier drop because of the drought you know it causes them to dry up a little sooner and then hit the ground mm-hmm. and uh you know between my habitat business my real estate business i'm on new farms every week mm-hmm. and i was on one today and a beautiful farm uh not too far from here with some nice hills and and you know beautiful river and bedding and i saw this incredible deer trail i started following it and here was a a 30 or 40 foot pear tree. Oh, wow. And there wasn't a blade of grass for 30 yards all the way around. <laughs> the deer were coming to that pear tree and there were big old pears dropping and it looked like they had been dropping for the last month. And you talk about a food source. I looked at that and I thought, man, if I owned this, I'd get right up here on this hillside, just wait the evening, you know? Right. Yeah. And, and uh, so the soft mast, uh, pears, apples, uh, we have a, a native plum, wild plum that's, uh, pretty uh, prevalent in this part of southern Michigan. And then, of course, the acorns are all hitting really hard. And uh, then with conjunction, the uh, the dry is uh, the farmers are getting out there and they're taking the beans and the corn down right now. I saw uh, corn pickers moving and, and guys out picking beans today while I was out driving around. Right, so it too. sounds so, like... Uh, Sounds so, like uh, uh, fruit trees and uh, fruit trees and uh, white oaks seem to be a, would be a good place for stand locations yep. right now. Yep, and uh, you know for a lot of those guys out there that that key in on your large food sources that the farmers are currently taking down, you know this this uh, signals uh, a big shift taking place. You know where are oh. all the deer? Well, correct, they're going to be in on the in the oak flats and uh, any of the little orchards where you've got some fruit trees too. Right. So uh, yeah, nice. it's uh. It's always, you know, uh, important to stay on top of how the deer move because they shift from one food source to another. You know, what was hot last weekend may not even be relevant next weekend. Right. You know? yeah. 
you definitely yeah. have to kind of stay yeah. on top of monitoring yeah. what's yeah, what's going on with it. Well, speaking of that shift, you know, there's another shift that's kind of getting ready to start or getting, you know, coming up on us here is that a shift where the ducks or ducks, yeah, where the bucks completely disperse, you know, into their into their ranges as they get closer to pre-rut and rut, of course. And, you know, I'm just curious, are you noticing are bucks still kind of grouped up or are they starting to really kind of disperse and become their uh, solitary creatures that they tend to be once you hit later off? You know, November? Uh, on, on my own farms and in a couple other farms that I'm walking and working on in the last couple of weeks and running cameras on, I'm noticing that from about two and a half and older, they're all becoming solitary uh, animals now. Hmm. Uh, it seems like the, I, I still see the year and a half, uh, one or two together, and you know, uh, physically seeing them out there and then uh, on my game camera. But I've got a couple of threes and, and one I know for sure, four and a half, and these guys have become absolutely uh, solitary creatures. They're not in uh, bachelor groups anymore, uh, all by themselves, uh, you know, basically slowly heading into that pre-rut right now. Right. So, yeah. So the old, the old men are getting cranky and wanting to be left alone at this yeah, point. Yes, this I season. believe they are. Right. <laughs> so, Hey, any, uh, any strategies for this time of year or tactics that, you know, um, you know, that work well for this particular time of year that you usually kind of like to rely on or that you would suggest for what you're seeing? Well, you know, uh, I, I definitely uh, prefer a transition area between food sources and bedding. And uh, if, and especially if, you know, if there's oaks and things like that, uh, spread out through that transition then it just becomes a really good movement uh you know here the movement pattern or or, or you know a, a just just a a movement a sequence that the deer do either in the mornings and in the evenings and then of course i really focus on these especially in october these cold fronts that come in there is uh they're absolutely magical yeah uh, under the right conditions you know and uh so uh you know, for my, for my own self, I've got a lot of food that even though we've, you know, you've heard me talk about the, the uh, bad drought, I still have great food sources here for the deer. So there's a lot of deer in my food sources that make make access to some of these transition zones about impossible in the morning. So I pretty much skip morning hunts this time of the year. But yeah. if, uh, if the wind's correct and I can get into an evening hunt uh, from now on, any transition zone between bedding and food is a great strategy. Nice. So. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. man. Well, hey, I appreciate your time. We got a, an update from Michigan, and uh, I guess that's to be look on the lookout for some more of those awesome cold fronts and uh, with the backside bluebird high pressure days, at which you can't beat those in the street stand, that's for sure. No, you can't. Okay. All right, buddy. I appreciate Later. it. Thank you. Yep. Talking to you. Yeah. Bye bye. All right. Now with us reporting from New Jersey is my good buddy, Greg Litzinger. Many of you may know him as Bow Hunting Fiend coming us from the Garden State. How's it going, man? Uh, good. You know, itching to get back out there. <laughs> That's right, man. I know we were just talking before we jumped on here, but uh, it sounded like, you know, it sounded like you had some good cold front movement this week. How'd the uh, cold front treat you? Oh, uh, I went out um, first. My first hit was pretty much Friday. Uh, with the whole Montana trip and then doing stuff around the house. So it was so hot when I came home, I didn't bother going out. So I left work early Friday and, uh, deer were out, you know, two fifteen. they were in places they shouldn't be at two fifteen in the afternoon. <laughs> um, and same with, you know, uh, Saturday and, and Sunday, super early movement, late morning movement. It was a very productive weekend. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I know you, uh, had some success. Did you actually get out in the morning or did you just do evening hunts this, uh, this early? Uh, I did, I did mornings. Uh, I didn't do Sunday morning. Uh, I just 
the, the wind was just, it was shifting Saturday night. So I wasn't even going to bother driving an hour to go sit in the spot with a shifty wind. Right. Uh, so I slept in, did some family time Sunday and was Sunday morning and was back out Sunday night. Nice. And you said you and, even had, uh, de- you even had decent movement there in the mornings too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was, uh, Saturday morning when I went out, uh, See, they didn't know near me, but there was definitely you know movement in the woods. I can hear them breaking sticks and catching a little glimpse of tail flicker, but it's you know it's so thick, it's just hard. I and mean, if they're not within thirty yards, you know, it might as well be a mile away. Right. But they were uh, moving pretty much till mid morning, you know, nine thirty. I think I got down quarter to ten, and they'll still deer, you know, milling around. Nice. So. so what about? I mean, I know you know. And, and, you know, talking to you, not just on a podcast, but, you know, you and I talking separately, I know a lot of the places you hunt are getting, are, are high pressure or heavy pressure areas. So what's the pressure looking like at this point of this, of the season? Are you seeing a lot of guys, you know, guys and gals out in the woods or has it not quite been ratcheted up yet? And in, in the, uh, the deer still uh, kind of calm. Yeah. Uh, Friday at one spot, I, I call it, you know, it's, it's almost, I've, I've never not seen a deer there or kicked them up or something. And there was some boot tracks there, which is odd because I've never seen, boot tracks back in there and then saturday afternoon saturday evening uh i hunt down except up along the salt marsh and they they tend to run dogs rabbit dogs from time to time and they uh they're running those dogs i mean they ran those dogs from i got there at three i was walking out was at three they were running dogs from three on the piece way down the road and they just worked up pretty much to where I was till a half hour before dark, they were still running dogs. So, Man. um, that definitely puts, you know, two spots that I thought I would have some success at this year, but pretty much off my radar right. if they're running that, that hard right now. So, which right. kind of stinks, but they just push deer further down. So maybe it's a blessing in disguise, you know, right. but, but, uh, I ran across one bait pile, uh, an old one and just one fresh one, which is a rarity because normally they're all over the place. So that's a plus size of one piece. I hunted on Sunday. Right. So that's a, that's always encouraging. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh the, the, the least or the, the less sign you see at this point. So always a, is a, is a good sign, I guess, in, in our book. What, uh, what about the food sources, man, when you're hunting? I mean, are you noticing, are, are the crops in the, in the nearby ag fields getting pulled and are you noticing, is it going to be a good acorn year? What do you, what do you see in the, in the timber for food? Uh, most of our crops that down by where I was hunting, they're already cutting most of the beans have been cut. They're brown or getting ready to be cut. And some of the cornfields are already cutting them, which is good. But the bad part is every acorn, every oak tree is dropping. No matter if it's swamp oak, you know, it's swamp chestnuts, mm-hmm. swamp uh, white oaks, there's oaks, you know, it's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's just a bumper crop, but which also makes hunting uh, a lot more difficult because now just like a, you know, it's like a giant cornfield food is everywhere deer don't really need to move very far which you find the right tree it's great but <laughs> right <laughs> the key is find that right uh, group of trees right yeah because yeah at, at, at that point it's you know they've kind of got their their pick i guess you know so so to speak and uh yep. makes it really tough i mean i would anticipate that we're probably going to have a pretty lull filled october lull with uh with that much food on the on the ground in the uh, in the timber but yeah. speaking of uh you know yeah. deer and trying to find them you know are you seeing at least you know in, in new jersey are you seeing are, are bucks you know still grouped up or are they starting to disperse and, and and transition into their areas that they usually like to 
um, live in during the pre-rut and rut, or you know, are they still kind of running the gang, or the the boys still back in town, so to speak? Uh, I said I've yet to see a horn, so I can't you know answer that. Um, but what I can, what I've seen, rub-wise, there's a lot, a lot of rubs, but a lot of big rubs are non-existent in this present moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing I did notice is a lot of scrapes, not only like perimeter field edge scrapes, but a lot of, I seen quite a few scrapes in the, in the woods, uh, Saturday night and, uh, Sunday night, which is a rarity because normally I don't see that type of activity, you know, until, you know, closer to October when they're starting to scrape up the food sources. Hmm. So I, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, I've never seen them that early scraping in the, you said the big woodlot. So hmm. I'll see how that plays out here. You know, this, uh, later this week and this weekend, I guess. Yeah. I'll have to definitely keep, you, uh, keep me posted on that. Um, interesting that you're, yeah, I did see, um, I think it was two scrapes on, uh, on my walk in this weekend. And I thought it was a little early too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's curious to see, you know, to, to see those this early. I, I'm, I'm wondering if maybe, the abundance of food in the timber and holding them there more or, or I guess longer is having anything to do with that. Um, you know, I can't imagine yeah. that the, the or, cold front would kick them into high gear this, this early, but you know, you never know, I guess. Um, yeah, I guess, um, yes, well, I said, I, I think it might be just uh, an influx of, you know, a lot of, you know, year and a half old deer that might, might've made it, you know, some little preteen deers running around mm-hmm. getting some, you know, Creative juice is flowing. <laughs> getting, getting salty, getting, trying to mix, trying to yeah. trying to start something. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, last question here, man. Any any strategies for this time of year or tactics that you'd like to use that you feel work you know particularly well for this part of the season? Through the bed, if you can find where they're eating, uh, like a tree or like a persimmon tree or like a cluster of persimmons, and you know, if there's a bed close by. I mean, that's, I wouldn't say that's money, but for me, I've had, you know, quite a bit of success in the month of October hunting, you know, bed to food. If I find the right food, you know, where they're uh, hitting it up and I know there's a bed, you know, within, you know, a hundred yards, it's, I wouldn't call it a slam dunk, but there is usually a sighting that's going to happen, you know, this week or next week. Because uh, normally this is my time when I see like, uh, I'll catch a glimpse of a good buck. So I should... Hopefully you'll see something this coming week and maybe we'll make a move on it, you know, before they start, you know, making their rounds. Yeah. Before they get harder to, uh, to tackle, man. Well, thanks for giving me the, uh, the update from Jersey, my man. I'll be in, uh, in touch soon. We got to get together. Yes, most definitely. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. The number one or the first DIY report in the books. Uh, just want to thank all of you for tuning in and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with all of our uh, out, uh, outdoor and whitetail excursions during the course of the season. I want to make sure to wish all of you uh, the best of luck as you hit the deer woods during the, the different times of the season this year. Uh, before we shut this thing down, I want to say a big thanks to our partners for helping keep this podcast going. So a big thank you to Whitetail Institute of North America, Exodus Outdoor Gear, and Lone Wolf Portable Tree Stands. And until next time, we'll see y'all. November's on my heels. Makes me proud. Makes me steal. I could show you through the door. Oh, 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 oh
gang the new truth merch is in stock at truthfromthestand.com and on youtube below any of the truth from the stand videos i've got some new hats beanies t-shirts long sleeve t-shirts and sweatshirts there's even a new do hard shit hat for those of us who like to embrace micro dosing adversity so head to truthfromthestand.com and check out the new gear and use the code truth t-r-u-t-h and save yourself some cash on the new gear